Yes, sir. He he is one of Could the individuals. Who he is. Uh, that would be others, and that is soliciting another to commit prostitution. And how many accounts may he face? Uh, right now, we have two. That would be two separate incidences or visits to the Orchids of Asia Day Spa or one visit with multiple charges from that one visit? Uh, two different visits. Well, a bombshell was dropped earlier this morning. Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots and probably one of the most influential owners of the NFL, has been charged with two counts of soliciting prostitution in a corner jupiter please hello everyone welcome to x16 friday take austin hall and Nolan books with you for the next hour in breaking news just an hour ago you heard the jupiter police chief right there uh, robert Kraft has been charged with two counts of soliciting a prostitute at a day spa this is from jim defeat of cbs miami robert Kraft, owner of the nuclear patriots has been charged in palm county Palm Beach County with soliciting of a prostitute according to Jupiter Police. The charges stem from a months-long investigation into a massage parlor. Kraft was one of 25 people charged in the case. The rate was fit. Won't read that part. So that's not safe for work. <laughs> Investigators claim Kraft was a regular visitor to the Orchard Spa and that there is video of Bob Kraft inside the quote spa. Jupiter Police Chief said he was stunned and that an active arrest warrant has been issued for Kraft. Kraft had his chauffeur drive him to the massage parlor frequently. Kraft reportedly visited the Orchard Spa on two occasions. This was part of an eighth-month investigation into prostitution and possible sex trafficking involving the spa. Jupiter Police say Kraft is charged with two misdemeanors of soliciting a prostitute. An active arrest warrant has been issued. A charge of soliciting results in a pretrial diversion diversion program where the defendant attends a class on the hazards of prostitution after which the charges is usually dropped. Kraft's spokesman has just released a statement, quote, we are categorically denying that Ms. Kraft engaged in any illegal activity because it's a judicial manner. We will not be commenting further. We're just going to come in today, talk about All-Star Weekend, and we'll be spring train coming up, Machado going to the Padres, and this broke. Yeah, we had we had some light topics, and then <laughs> then this, like you said, it's a bombshell. Um, looks like the Patriots yet again can't stay out of trouble in the off season. In fact, they've only been in the off season for what a couple weeks now, and they're already in trouble. So I don't know. It's it's sad to see. I mean, I'm sure that they'll find some way to weasel out of it. Pretty sure Mr. Kraft has enough money to. Uh, pay his bond or bail or whatever but if <laughs> if he has enough money I, oh god yeah it's a sticky this, subject the, the, oh wrong choice of words <laughs> we're, we're trying to let's talk let's not do that um yeah um charges are usually dropped um after he attends a class but twitter is going off right now and it is insane the amount of jokes everything like that um, this is, yeah, this is not normal. This is, um, does the NFL do anything now about this? Um, we've seen previous owners out of, um, duties with their organizations getting in trouble and then having to sell the team. Um, do you think they do anything with this? I don't see anything happening with this for a little bit of time. Um, I mean, if you if you think about how long it took them to punish Tom Brady, it took them over a year and a half. I, I it's probably going to take a little bit, but I hope 
that if they do prove him fully guilty, the NFL does something because something like this is different than, say, like gambling or anything like that. So, uh, it's not even close. No. So it's, yeah, I, I think the NFL should do something, but it's probably not going to happen for a little bit just based on how the investigation is going to end up going. Yeah, this is a, this is a, a very, very weird situation that broke an hour ago. Um, you heard the police chief earlier describe the charges of Mr. Kraft. Um, apparently, this is one individual of part of 56 um, that involved in that sex prostitution ring. Um, sources told ESPN that Robert Kraft is, quote, not the biggest name involved in this investigation. Oh, God, that's came from Al uh, Butler of the Miami Herald. Um, oh, goodness gracious. Well, if another name drops within the hour, we will have it here on X106, KTOX, LP, Maryville, and the TuneIn Radio app. Okay, let's get away from this. Yeah. Let's, let's go. Um, before we have another poor choice of words, uh, Manny Machado <laughs> is a member of the San Diego Padres. Ten years, $300 million. Um, heck, you can pay me a dollar, and I'll go to San Diego yeah, for you. Um, quote, it's finally over. I'm finally a Padre. I'm truly blessed to be here. I am truly blessed to be part of this organization. Since day one, since we met you, we knew it was the right time, right fit for me and my wife to be here. The Padres has signed Machado to a 10-year, $300 million contract, the largest ever for a free agent in sports history. A reminder, they already have Will Myers and Eric Hosmer's contracts to go along with it. Um, this, San Diego is, they had a lot of cap space. They're still reportedly still going after Bryce Harper. Um... Is this is this going to be a good move for them? Because their, their farm system's loaded. They now have possibly they're possibly going to get the two best outfielders in baseball. Um, how do you see things working out for San Diego? Um, if they get Bryce Harper, um, I could see it working out pretty well. Um, I know that in in DC, Bryce Harper wasn't. Well, like he was the outstanding, like he was really kind of the outlier superstar above everybody else. But then, you know, you pair him alongside Machado in San Diego. I think that would be huge. But if they don't get Harper, I still think it'll work out great for them, just based on how their farm system is set up. Because, like you said, their farm system is loaded with plenty of, you know, younger players who are ready to make that next step to if they need to. Um, now three hundred million dollars. Do I think he's he played like three hundred million dollars last season? No, but I mean, if San Diego finds that worth in him, then I mean, all the power to him, and good luck in pulling Bryce Harper in there if they can do it. What does it say that we waited so long for these big name free agents to sign, and now just on the first day of spring training they sign? I mean. I think, I think it it shows you that um, these players are willing to wait it out for the right deal. I mean, he could have. I mean, there's so many different options he could have had. I mean, he could have stayed in L.A., could have gone to New York, 
Um, so, I don't know. It He clearly waited out his options, and San Diego clearly had the uh, most amount of money to offer him in the end, and uh, that's why he's a Padre. So, I mean, have fun in San Diego, Manny. Uh, Marlon Gonzalez has also just signed. He signed a two-year deal with the Minnesota Twins, two years, $21 million, according to John Paul Morosi. Um, seven years with the Astros. Marlon Gonzalez was 264-318-419 with 76 homers in 292 RBI. So Marlon Gonzalez is off to Minnesota. Manny is off to San Diego, and now there is one more hat to drop, and that is the big hat of Bryce Harper. And it looks like the Nationals are realizing that they are not going to get him back. Yeah, I, I don't see him playing in D.C. next season. Um, some I think a front runner that I've seen just based on you know, pure speculation and who ESPN thinks is Philly. Um, Philly has the cap space to bring him in there and give him the amount of money that he's asking for. Um, you know, he has hometown ties in Philly. Um, so I think it. I think that's a great option for him. I've also heard that um, the Angels could be an option for him. Um, he does have ties. They with gotta pay Mike Trout yeah. first. Yeah. But I mean, they have, they they have the pieces to bring him in there, and um, pair him alongside Mike Trout, because I've all you know I've heard rumors that Mike Trout's on his way out in the next few years, but that's just rumor. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Bryce Harper is the LeBron of baseball right now, so uh, I don't know. See how money talks. As we said before, spring training starts today, and there are four games on right now as Detroit and the Red Sox are currently playing the minor league teams, and the Phillies and Rays are just getting underway, as will the A's and the Mariners later today. Uh, let's go through before spring training begins, and let's look at all the teams in the spring training field, and we will begin with last year's World Series champion, Boston Red Sox. Um, I think I think Boston um, is going to be a contender again. Um, I know that I know that that's you know way too early of a prediction, but I mean we are getting into spring training. Um, but I think Boston is going to keep those weapons around of Mookie Betts and all of them. You know they're going to be a well-rounded team, and I don't see them really needing to go make any big moves for anyone, so uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Boston's in the running again. And let's go with the runners-up in the American League, the Houston Astros. Uh, Houston's going to be good again. Uh, <laughs> once again, they, they come up, they get so close, but still short. Um, I would look for Houston if they keep, they need to keep Dallas Keuchel, because Dallas Keuchel's a free agent. If they can pay him and keep him around, uh, I think Houston could be a contender again for sure. The Yankees. <laughs> um, if the Yankees manage to somehow land Bryce Harper, that would be huge. But, I mean, the Yankees just kind of came out of nowhere really last year. So, for me, they're kind of hit and miss right now. It's, you know, can you play like you did at the end of last year? If so, then they'll be good all year. If not, they're going to play probably 500 or better baseball. So the let's move staying the AL East the Tampa Bay Rays. 
uh, Tampa Bay is probably not going to be the hottest commodity in baseball. <laughs> but um, I think I think their farm system is improving, you know, every year. And um, I could see the Rays maybe being good in a couple of years. Um, but, you know, then again, I could be wrong. So. And the worst record in baseball last year, the Baltimore Orioles. I don't see them improving much. <laughs> um, I'm surprised that Adam Jones is still there, to be honest. I mean, he's a superstar player in the out, out in the outfield. So, yeah, I'm surprised he's still there. Um, but unless they can pull some magic tricks or something, uh, Baltimore is probably not going to be top notch. Let's move to the AL Central, the Cleveland Indians. I. I still believe that Cleveland could make another run in the playoffs. Um, I know that their pitching has been, you know, hit or miss at times, and that's what essentially lost them, you know, their key playoff games. But I think they have the weapons to get back to the playoffs again, and if they correct those mistakes, uh, I I could see them being a serious contender. The Minnesota Twins. The Twins had the one good year where they bounced back after a 100-loss season and then, you know, were a playoff contender, and then they went right back to their old ways. So, I don't know. It's a 50-50 shot if they could, you know, turn into that playoff team again or if they're just going to tank again. So, I don't know. The fastest team in baseball to Kansas City Royals. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean... Bringing back Terrence Gore, Brian and Billy Hamilton, I mean, two of the fastest players in the entire league. Uh, look for a lot of small ball out of Kansas City. A lot of, uh, you know, you'll get some base hits. They also got rid of Alcides Escobar. He signed with the Orioles for minor league. Montesquieu's a shorts up now. Exactly. So, I mean, that's, that's still plenty of speed. But a um, lot, of, lot of base hits and bunting to uh, – get sacrificed and move runners up and not a lot of home runs. And finally, the Chicago White Sox. I, I'm i excited for Chicago. I think they, they've they upped their pitching core a little bit. They got Kelvin Herrera in the offseason, um, so he's going to be solid for them as far as a relief from a possible closing pitcher. Um, they have, you know, they have the young hitting core that can win them some key games. Um, and, you know, they they could surprise the MLB and maybe come out of nowhere and be a playoff team. And the Detroit Tigers. I think Detroit needs to start looking into their younger players. Uh, Miguel is on, you know, kind of the downward slope of his career. He's, he's past his prime. And Victor Martinez, I mean, same thing. So it's it's really just kind of hit or miss how you do with your farm system and how you incorporate those younger players. I've got one team in the AL East, the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, I think Toronto's kind of lost that energy that they had, you know, a few years ago, where they were essentially they were they were the team to beat in the playoffs, and I feel like they've kind of lost that. You know, Josh Donaldson is now with the Braves, so they don't have that key power hitter. Uh, Encarnacion, I guess, but he's not, you know, he's not doing anywhere near what he used to. So it's, it's, 
it's kind of disappointing. I don't know if I could see Toronto playing 500 baseball, but nothing, nothing too exciting. Let's move to the AL West. We already covered the Houston Astros. Astros. Let's go to the Oakland A's. I look for Oakland to be an exciting team. Um, I mean, I'm sure they're going to be upset they didn't get Kyler Murray to come play for them, but I think Oakland's going to be exciting. They they had a really, really good season last year, and they have they have a solid pitching rotation, and they hit the ball well. It's, you know, you can have that pitching core, but if you don't hit the ball and score, then it doesn't really do much for you. But they do well on both sides, so uh, I look for Oakland to be another threat. The Seattle Mariners. I could see Seattle being a, a sleeper team as well. Um, I mean, they were this past year. You know, they kind of played mediocre baseball and then caught fire right at the end. So um, if they can do that again, then, yeah, they'll be in the playoffs. And the aforementioned Angels. I'm surprised the Angels aren't doing better with who they have on their team. But you can't base everything around Mike Trout, and Mike Trout has been getting hurt a lot more. So um, I think the Angels are probably looking into their future options, considering that Mike Trout rumors are swirling around that he could leave soon. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens with the Angels. And the final team in AOSD, Texas Rangers. Uh, well, they got rid of the almighty God and Adrian Beltre. So, uh, I don't know. They have, But they do have a very young team if you look past Beltre. Um, so, maybe they'll exploit their weapons of having a younger team, you know, integrate their farm system, get a better pitching core in there after getting rid of Cole Hamels and... I don't know. It's hit or, hit or miss with them. They'll just have to do it the right way. Let's move east to the Atlanta Braves. I really like Atlanta. I don't know why, but when I was basically my whole life, if I wasn't watching the Royals, I'd watch Atlanta. And they I had just, that CBS Superstation. Exactly. So I, I don't know. It's just fun to watch them. They have, they have their young players now who are so explosive. And they make... They make it exciting to watch them. Um, I I could see them being a, a playoff threat. They got to keep uh, Craig Kimbrell around. Or no, I'm sorry, he's in Boston. Never mind. Yeah. So they're gonna have to try and keep those younger players in there um, if they want to maintain this kind of level. So the Nationals. They disappoint everybody every year. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> They're like, oh, or the, is it the Nationals' year this year? And they make it far, and then they drop off. So, I mean, I, I I don't see the Nationals making any noise. They say every year that they're going to make noise, and they never do. So I could see them getting close to playoff time and dropping it and not even making it. So The Phillies. I I want the Phillies to do as good as they did last year because – I miss the days of lore when Roy Halladay was around in Philly. And, man, they were good. You know, Jimmy Rollins and all of them, that, that was such a good team. And I think I think they're slowly trying to build back up to that level. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see what happens. The New York Mets. Uh, the Mets are not going to do anything. I'm just going to keep it short and sweet. <laughs> the Miami Marlins. Again. They got rid of all their weapons. They're not going to make it. I don't see them do nothing. 
to the Central we go to Milwaukee Brewers. I could see Milwaukee being good. Um, they brought in Moose. They brought in uh, Lorenzo Kane. So I think I think they have enough weapons to make it back to the playoffs again. So the Chicago Cubs. I want to see how they're gonna do this year. They've kind of they've lost that spark that they had the year they won the World Series. They still have the players, but they lost that spark. So if they can get that spark back, they'll be right back at that level. The suddenly interesting, really, really interesting Cincinnati Reds. I I have full faith that the Reds can do a complete three sixty turnaround. Going and picking up Puig in the off season. I mean, really loading up on on hitters and speed and making your defense that much better. So, I think I think Cincinnati could make some noises if they use their newly acquired players the right way. The St. Louis Cardinals. The Cardinals are going to be a playoff team probably yet again. I mean, they're they're consistent, and it might not be, you know, winning a hundred games consistent but it's consistent enough to where it gets them to that level and you have to consider them every single year so I think they'll they'll be about that same level not 100 wins but they'll be right there in the running for the playoffs and the Pittsburgh Pirates I don't see the Pirates making much noise they got you know after McCutcheon left that really kind of nosedived that team so I don't see the Pittsburgh Pirates making much noise Let's move to the West and the aforementioned Dodgers. <laughs> They're another playoff team that disappoints you every year. Um, they get close, but not close enough, apparently. So um, I don't know. that. For me, they're kind of a hit-and-miss team. I know they keep making the playoffs, but they're still a hit-and-miss on how good they're actually going to do, how good Clayton Kershaw will be in the playoffs, which to this point, is not good at all. So, Adam Schefter just confirmed Al Labor's report saying that Kraft is not the biggest name caught up in the stain. Great. Um, <laughs> no name yet. <laughs> so if there does a name come out, well, we will get to you. Um, the Colorado Rockies. I, I'm i a big fan of Nolan Arenado and Trevor Story. I, I don't know why, but they're just... They're those two players that are really fun to watch. They... You know, you put them next to each other in the batting lineup, and you could easily get a home run two two spots in a row. So I don't know how well the Rockies will do again. I know they had a pretty good season last year, but um, we'll see. They're another hit and miss team. The Arizona Diamondbacks. They got rid of everybody, <laughs> so I don't I don't see them being at the level they were the past couple of years. Um, I still see them playing 500 baseball, but not not what they were when they had Paul Goldschmidt and all of them still on the team. The San Francisco Giants, Bruce Bochy is retiring after this year. I see the Giants being pretty low-tier baseball. Um, they are not the Madison Bumgarner Giants of lore that Joe Buck absolutely adores with everything in his heart and soul. So I, I could see them being being low tier. And the Padres. If you use Manny Machado in your farm system the right way, and you, if if 
you bring in Bryce Harper and you load up on batting power, they can make noise easily. Alrighty. Prediction time. Who wins the AO East? I think it's Boston all the way. Yeah. I, yeah, probably Boston just because of how well they played last year and how they really they didn't lose anybody. So, I mean, you can't really pull them out of the running at any point in the season. So, yeah, Boston. The Central, I think it will be close. I think Kansas City gets a wild card. I think Cleveland will win it. Yeah, I think I I could see Kansas City battling back um, and making the wild card. Yeah, I fully agree with you. I think that's Cleveland's division to lose. So, uh, yeah, Cleveland. The AL West, uh, Houston's going to win it again. I'm not sure about Oakland getting the wild card, though. I could see, yeah, I, I'll stick with you on that. I'll say Houston will win the division, and then I could see Oakland and Seattle maybe battling for a wild card spot. Oakland, Seattle, or the Yankees for the final wild card. That's my view. Ooh, yeah. yeah. The NL East, it's Atlanta all the way. Especially yeah. if the Harper's not coming back. Yeah, if yeah, if Harper doesn't come back, then yeah, that's Atlanta's division all the way. But if Harper goes to Philly, maybe Philly can make some noise. Maybe, but yeah, as of right now, Atlanta Braves division. The Central. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Milwaukee's going to win the division. Okay. But Chicago and Cincinnati are going to get the two wildcard spots in the same division. Okay. No I, Cardinals. I don't. I don't like their pitching. Okay. Yeah. Um. I think it's. I think it could be the Cubs division. Honestly, I think the Cubs could win it, and then it will be Cincinnati and Milwaukee battling for a wild card. And the NL West. I honestly think Colorado is going to win it. I. You know. I agree with you. I think. Even despite them, you know, losing in the playoffs earlier than I'm sure they wanted to, I think they could get back to that level. I mean, I know I said they were hit or miss, but, I mean, that that hit could be them getting to the playoffs. So, I'll agree with you. I'll think, I think Colorado could win that division, and uh, Dodgers could maybe be uh, – Dodgers and Padres maybe could be the uh, wall card. All right. That was your MLB – Pre-season wrap-up coming up on X106. We will go over NBA All-Star Weekend. And if a name drops, we will, of course, get it to you right here on X106 Friday Take. You don't want zero. Welcome back, X106. Here's XLP Marvel. Tune in radio app. Welcome back to Friday Take. And we are back. Discussing All-Stars Saturday night and the All-Star game itself. Uh, Saturday night began with the Skills Challenge and Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics went it with a last court shot who beat Trey Young. That was that was fun to watch. I mean, Trey Young looked like he was going to run away with it, literally run away with the competition. And Tatum hoisted up a half-court shot and it just happened to go in. I mean, players were doing that throughout the entire thing. They would shoot a half-court shot because the announcers were saying, if you don't make your first shot, 
then you're probably going to lose because the other guy will get up another shot before you do. And so it was it was fun to watch. I think I think Tatum made it fun by uh, incorporating that. So yeah, it was it was cool. Then the three point contest, we all figured Seth Curry would win. Dirk has shot. No, Joe Harris of the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, Joe Harris. He got himself a nice little uh, new card on 2K right after that, too. 99 overall three-point shooting. So, uh, congrats to him. I mean, he really surprised everybody because, I mean, Stephen Curry, that was Stephen Curry's house that night in Charlotte because, you know, Del Curry and all that. So, it was supposed to be between the Curry brothers and Joe Harris showed, hey, I can shoot three-pointers better than both of you in, in a three-point contest in a sense. So, congrats. And Hamlu Diallo won the slam dunk contest pretty easily, I might add. Yeah, that it was fun to see him jump over Shaq. Um, that was cool, but that dunk contest was boring to me, honestly. I mean, John Collins jumped up and grabbed the side of the backboard and then just dunked it through, and he thought he deserved all fi- a 50. Uh, no, I'm sorry, I've seen way better than that, but... I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I think next year's dunk contest could be interesting. Donovan Mitchell and Giannis Antetokounmpo hinting at possibly doing it. So uh, I'm looking forward to next year's dunk contest and just moving past this year's. And the All-Star game on Sunday, 178-164. Team LeBron beat Team Giannis, and LeBron had to come back from 18 down to win it. Uh, this was just no defense whatsoever. No, and that's that's nothing new for the All-Star game. I mean, it's surprising that the score difference was this big because last year it was close. It literally came down to one last shot. But, I mean, this year I feel like it was LeBron trying to send a message that his who he drafted was better. Uh, you know, he's his team was quoted as Team Tamper. So, um... I don't know. Here we go again. Yeah, Ante Kumpo had 38 points. I think they should give out an MVP if even if they're on the losing team. I mean, he had 38 and 11, and KD at 31, which is impressive. But I don't know. Good game. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Durant wins his first M- uh, M- MVP, also MVP. Uh, Seth Curry behind him with that photo, looking at him in shock. Um, that was great. Um, yeah, this is this MVP weekend was fun. It was um, All Star weekend was fun. Um, yeah, uh, this is. Uh, whoa, Wait. I think we got some more news on the case. It Jeffrey Epps. Yeah, Jeffrey Epstein. Um, is nope, that's not never mind. Never mind. I forgot I said that. I thought we had some more news, and that is not it. Um, just Adam Schefter tweet is what we have so far. So, no more major news on that front. Um, yeah, uh, baseball is coming up. Um, the Bearcats, let's get to that actually. Uh, let's get away from all that talk. Um, Bearcats 24 in a row, um, number one in the country, and number one in the central region. And um, they just clinched yeah. their sixth straight MIAA title. Yeah, last night they beat UCM 64-49. to They clinched their sixth straight, like you said. Um, 
right now it's just a share. Um, they have to play Washburn one more time to clinch out right, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's I don't know road game on the MIAA. You can be surprised, but um, this this Northwest basketball team or men's team is it's very impressive, very very impressive. I think I think they're one of the most athletic teams that McCollum's had so far. I mean, they scored 111 points. Even our 2016 national title team didn't score that. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm excited for this team to get into playoffs. Um, I mean, they have a lot of young guys. So, we'll see how they step up on the big stage. 26-0, not 24-0. That was before the last two games. 16-0 uh, MIAA play. 26-0, number one in the central region. And number one in the country. And the first MIAA team to win six straight uh, division titles in basketball. Here is how the Central Region shakes up as it stands as the Bearcats are number one. Washburn is two. Northern State three. St. Cloud State four. Missouri Southern is five. Southern Nazarene is six. Minnesota State is seven. And Lincoln is eight. The top eight teams will advance to the NCAA Division II tournament. Wayne State and Southern Arkansas are nine and ten, respectively. Yeah, they. The, this bracket this year, I feel like, is a little more interesting. They have a lot of more high-scoring caliber teams. Um, last year and the year before, it was a lot of defensive-based. It wasn't high-scoring games. It was who can hold the other team to less points and escape with wins. There wasn't humongous blowout victories. Um, so I think this year is going to be a lot about scoring. Um, you know, Northwest does play great on both sides of the ball, though. They shut you down, and they score a bunch at the same time. So it's going to be interesting if they run into a team that does the exact same thing that they do and see how they run up against them, and it'll be good. Could one of these teams upset Northwest in the Central Region? Based on who uh, is projected right now, I want to say Northwest could win the region. I don't think. I don't know. Northwest has a Nothing very high-powered offense. No, no. I think maybe, maybe the round before the region championship game and the region championship game could be close, depending on who's in it. Um, if, but considering it's going to be they, home games the whole time, they've had problems with Saint Cloud before. Yeah, that that could be one of them. I think Missouri Southern could possibly have a you know i mean missouri southern gave us a run for our money there earlier in the season so if they meet us again even despite it being a home game i could see that being a close one too so and the bearcat women's team as they fall to ucm the 24th ranked ucm 74 71 to 53 pardon me um it's been a on again, off again, season for these girls. Um, mm-hmm. uh, how do you make of their year? Uh, currently, uh, I don't want to say, I don't want to say it's been a down year because it hasn't. No. Um, but what do you make of? It? This I, mean, I mean, you can't call seven and eighteen a good year. No. Um, and they've lost their eighth straight. Now. Yeah, and they're, they're on the outside looking in for the MIAA tournament. Yeah, I 
I like you said, I wouldn't call this a bad year because if you take last year's results and then you look at this year and how like how different it is, this seven and eighteen team is better. I mean they've they they didn't lose that many people as far as senior wise. Um, they have a very young team. I I don't know. It's it's hard. You have a brand new coach trying to adjust that it's a rebuilding year. And I think if Austin Meyer brings in the right weapons in the next recruiting class, that this team could make some noise. I think I think they have the weapons and they have the blueprint. You know, having having Austin Meyer be under McCollum for however long and then to switch over it's it's got to help so I think Meyer has the right blueprint for this team he just needs those final few weapons to make this team a contender in the MIAA and I give it another year or two before they start making noise again with that that is going to do it with us for X106 Friday take you're going to hear Nolan's voice for the next hour he has to do another air shift right here on the station uh yeah no news as of yet don't know why Shetter's not dropping it um but yeah apparently another name is gonna drop with that weird Robert Kraft situation um yeah follow our Twitter at x106 uh Friday take um for the latest regarding this situation and for myself and Nolan Books we will talk to you again after a while. Thank you.